Welcome to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. And that assist for Sidney Crosby is 1,300 in the career of the captain as the Penguins take a 4-0 lead. 106 to play, 1,300 career points for Sidney Crosby. Looking for Goudreau, can find him. Now Zahorna, drive, he scores! The big man with a big goal and the first in the NHL for Radim Zahorna. Pittsburgh up 1-0. 4-0, the final score. A shutout once again for Casey DeSmith. 179 minutes and 52 seconds of a straight goose egg for number one against the Buffalo Sabres. Picked off by Goudreau. He dances around Darlene. He's got a chance shorthanded. Freddie Goudreau on the forehand, throws it in front. They score! Zach Aston-Reese puts it home for the shorty, and it's 4-1 Penguins. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a penalty against Nashville early in the... I've looked up to him, uh... You know, all my life, he always was ahead of me in hockey. Uh, he went away to play junior. He played professional hockey before I did. Uh, he always wanted to be as good as your brother. In fact, uh, there's a little jealousy sometimes. I think if you've got a brother that's there, it helps because you always want to do better than your brother. And I've always tried to do better than Barker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better than him. Uh, there's no way I ever could. He was the greatest. He was the best we've had in St. Louis. It was a week of milestones, more next men up, unforgettable moments, exposed officiating, and the tragic loss of a brotherly St. Louis legend who holds a place in Penguins hockey lore. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Penguins Live Weekly with Brian Metzer. I'm Paul Steigerwald, Wayne Gretzky Anderson at the controls. Metz, an interesting week, a lot of different stuff going on. Let's start with the Devils, who were typically devilish towards the Penguins this week. Yeah, they were. Uh... They really did a nice job of limiting the injury-depleted Pittsburgh Penguins, who were also a bit, I think, taxed. They were very tired in those games and scored just six through three games. So they did the job that we typically see them do, and it was not easy for the uh, black and gold. And while the Devils were typically devilish, the Sabres were rather accommodating. (laughs) You could say that. Uh, And they're going to be even a little weaker coming out of this week because Eric Stahl was on the move on Friday afternoon. So he played those two games, and I guess that was the breaking point. Get me out of here. Even waived his trade clause to go to the Montreal Canadiens. And, of course, blocking out the sun is always a Sidney Crosby, who is as brilliant (laughs) as ever, right? Yeah, uh, he was wonderful. 1,300th point for the week or for the career for Sidney Crosby. And, boy, he's been wonderful all year, even more so in the absence of Evgeny Malkin and everybody else. Don't you get the feeling the Penguins seem to almost be relishing uh, the opportunity to prove they can win without as many as five top forwards in their lineup. It just uh, was amazing to me the way it jumped off the screen, the enthusiasm and the togetherness I was seeing there. That's uh, what they always seem to do. They, they really do seem to thrive in those situations, Stag. And then when everybody gets healthy and comes back, we'll be feeling on top of the world, and they'll end up losing two out of the gate or something. Because when everybody comes back, it seems to upset the That's apple true. cart. That's true. You're right about that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's that very is weird. so true. The league fired a referee this week who was caught on a live mic during a game saying things that uh, most of us feel they probably say a lot. I have a feeling that every official kind of puckered up a little bit in that moment and said, uh-oh, we better watch because I – as you just said, that conversation probably happens 10 times a game. We can witness it happening before our eyes whenever quote-unquote makeup calls are made, etc. Unfortunately for uh, Mr. Tim Peel, he was caught. And the hockey world lost a beloved character in a car accident. And boy, car accidents. When I hear of a hockey player 
like Bob Plager, former St. Louis Blues, a legend in St. Louis, dying in a car accident. What do you think of? You think of Herb Brooks. Yep. You think of Yvonne Halenka. Uh, it's just amazing um, how uh, you know these legendary figures go in that way, and it's so sad. And Bob Plager was a real character uh, with his brother Barkley in St. Louis, and they really did make a mark on Penguins hockey back in the late 60s and early 70s. Yeah, I was reading some folks reminiscing about those days and and just talking about how they hated him and his brothers and how it was a lot of fun to root against them, but they were were lovable in in that they tried so hard and had such a— such tenacity and the ability to just go out and want to succeed. And I, I, I think it was Mark Madden who pointed to the cup that the Blues just won. He loved seeing him be able to celebrate that with them because they, he didn't get that chance as a player. Uh, and sadly, I just saw this morning, too, they're saying a cardiac event actually killed him and caused that car accident. So it's a shame. Well, the other one I was thinking of, of course, was Baz Bastine, and that's yep. what happened to him. They yep. feel that maybe it was a heart attack that he suffered, and then uh, he crashed and, and died. It's a shame. Um, and uh, it's it's uh, one of the things we'll talk about. It's interesting you brought up that cup thing because we have a soundbite of him on the ice talking about that very thing. And we'll recap the Penguins' four games this week and recount all of these storylines in another edition of Spirited Saturday Morning Hockey Talk. It's Penguins Live Weekly on the Penguins Radio Network presented by s Bank. Pittsburgh's biggest discounts for Pittsburgh's biggest hockey fans. Shop JimShorkey.com. Score big on over 3,000 vehicles featuring the hottest new models from Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Ford, Kia, Mitsubishi, Fiat, Alfa Romeo, and now Chevrolet. The time to trade in and trade up is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsor of the Pittsburgh Penguins and equally committed to giving our fans a great experience. Shop JimShorkey.com. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 at PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at BurgatoryBar.com. UPMC has you covered when you need to see your doctor. UPMC video visits allow you to have a video appointment with many of our primary care providers and specialists without having to leave home. There's no need to cancel an existing appointment and no reason to wait to schedule a new one. Plus, UPMC is here for you with urgent care video options. It's easy, convenient, and all from the comfort of home. To learn more, talk with your doctor today. It's another episode of I Would Be an Organ Donor But. Phil and Butler writes, I would be an organ donor, but I'm overweight, lazy, and love the taste of beer. First off, who doesn't? And Phil, anyone can donate organs, not just people who were in perfect health. Listen, one day you might need an organ, and if nobody gives, nobody gets. Sign up to be a donor at ifnobodygives.org. And let the doctors decide how optimal your organs are. They went to school for that, Phil. Yo, it's Mark Madden for Window Nation. Ever try to shoot a three-inch puck past a fully padded goalie into a six-by-four net? It takes accuracy and perfection. Window Nation applies the same qualities when installing your new windows. Right now, buy two windows, get two free. There is no limit. Put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for two full years. Call my guys at Window Nation today, the official window company of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Call 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Hey, my name is James, and a little thing I love about Chick-fil-A's Grilled Spicy Deluxe is the first bite, you get a little kick of spice, and then that cilantro and lime sauce that kind of balances things out. Just delicious. Chick-fil-A's Grilled Spicy Deluxe Sandwich, available for a limited time only. Real guests paid for their testimonial. 
You're listening to Pens Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. We're here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., Brian Metzer and I, and we're here to talk hockey on Penguins Live Weekly. And the Penguins flew to New Jersey knowing that Evgeny Malkin would be out week to week with a lower body injury and learned after warm-up Saturday at the Prudential Center that they would also be without Brandon Tanev, who was injured Thursday night in a 3-2 loss to the Devils in the opening of the three-game series between the two clubs. The Devils scored first in the first. Zach Aston Reese tied it at 4.59 of the second, and two and a half minutes later, Brian Rust took matters into his own hands on the power play. Loose in the near corner. Severson one on three. Can't get it past the Penguins. Gensel tracks it down on the near wall. Plays it back for Rust. He comes out with it. Swoops towards the end on the backhand. Shoots. He scores! Brian Rust top shelf on the backhand. A power play goal for Pittsburgh. And it's 2-1 Pens. In the third period, Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel teamed up for another great tip-in. Shot from the point from Crosby, deflected towards the goal, and the Penguins score. Jake Gensel giving you those Jake shakes. It's 3-1 Pittsburgh with five and a half to play. Casey DeSmith got the start in the first of back-to-backs and made 24 saves in the 3-1 win to even that series. The two teams met again Sunday in Pittsburgh, and it was clear that Sidney Crosby was on a mission. Back in come the Pens. Dumoulin in the high slot. Left wing for Rust. Further down the wing for Gensel. Across for Crosby. A shot. He scores! Tic-tac-toe. And the captain finishes. And the Pens take the 1-0 lead. But the Devils bounce back on goals by Sammy Vatanen in the second. And this one by Jesper Bratt in overtime. Drifts back towards the point position. Slaps it right wing for Zaka. At the right circle. Curls to the backhand. Gets it behind the Penguin cage. Passing back to Jesper Bratt, nearly lost the handle, has it in the slot. Leaves it there for Zaka at the left circle, down low for Bratt, tries the wraparound attempt, he scores! Jesper Bratt with the finish, the Devils with the extra point, 2-1, the final score. New Jersey wins it here on Sunday at PPG Paints Arena. A rare loss for Jari and the Penguins on home ice mats, and the Penguins suddenly found themselves in a little bit of a slide. It wasn't uh, something that had me feeling really good, but I, as we said in the open, Stag, I think it was just the guys being fatigued. It was a lot of hockey over the last two weeks, and then, of, of course, in this month. I mean, through Thursday night, they had played 14 games, and what are we, three weeks into the month? I mean, that's a lot of hockey to play. So I think it caught up to them a little bit, but they uh, shook it off pretty nicely as they moved through the rest of the week. I, I did see some positives through those games. It was just a matter of them not being able to score goals enough, and I think it finally came to a head when they went into those games with the Sabres. No Gino, no Bluger, no Tanev. Five games in seven grueling days coming to an end, and the Penguins had a whopping two days off, which seemed like two years to them, I'm sure, before their next game. It's like a bye week in a regular season. (laughs) Yeah, and in (laughs) retrospect, the timing of all the injuries made them kind of more manageable, don't you think? Because the Buffalo Sabres came to town mired in a 14-game losing streak. So if you're going to have them, that was probably the time to have them. Yeah, it was good. The Penguins came in a little bit rested. They were reeling, and I think the Sabres had their own couple of injuries to deal with, and it all came to a head for a couple of pretty successful Penguins games. And a former Sabre got the Penguins off and running. Sabres skate out with it. It's Darlene up the left side for Stahl. His deep shot stick the side by Jari to the far wall. Jankowski there with it. Up ahead for Lafferty. Penguins have a three-on-one. Lafferty down the left wing. Looks in front. Rodriguez puts it home. Evan Rodriguez at the near post finishes that one off, and the Penguins strike first. It's 1-0. Chris Letang scored his sixth of the year, and after Rasmus, Darlene cut the lead to 2-1 for the Sabres. John Marino scored to make it 3-1. 
And then, well, the Sabres kind of self-destructed. With some help from fast Freddie Gaudreau, they had a power play and a chance to make it 3-2 when Taylor Hall suffered a major brain cramp. Back to the center point for Darlene. Back over to Hall at the left circle. Chips it back for Darlene. Picked off by Gaudreau. He dances around Darlene. He's got a chance shorthanded. Freddie Gaudreau on the forehand. Throws it in front. They score! Zach Aston-Reese puts it home for the shorty. And it's 4-1 Penguins. The Penguins took that 4-1 lead to the third, and Sidney Crosby made it 5-1. Victor Olofsson scored for the Sabres to make it 5-2, and the Penguins seemed to really be enjoying finding a way to win with so many of their top forwards out of the lineup. We mentioned it early in the show, but, I mean, it was just amazing. We have this big screen TV in front of us here in the radio studio when we watch games, and I'm just looking at these guys celebrate, and it just looks like they're winning the Stanley Cup every time they score a goal in those games. There's an awful lot of fun being had, and uh, I know we talked about it during that postgame show, if I'm not mistaken, Stag, that whenever there are guys out of the lineup like this, it does seem like they just embrace, first of all, some youth getting into the lineup. They love seeing those guys have success. Whenever they all kind of get on the same page, they have Sidney Crosby rolling. They just step in line behind him. He's having a blast with the youngsters. They're having a blast with him. Everybody just doing their jobs, and it's working out for the Penguins so far anyway and offsetting these losses of, of the individuals that are out of the lineup. And we've used this phrase before, the Sabres provide that low-hanging fruit, don't they, for the other teams in the East? Yeah, they certainly do, and you keep fearing which game is going to be the one that is the the average breaker, and they come out and put it all together and find a way to win, because as you mentioned in your recap, I mean, there are talented players on the team, Taylor Hall among them, I mean, Eric Stahl was there, you have Jeff Skinner, who's a former 40-goal man. He's like three points on the season, which is just head-scratching. So something's not right there, and at some point they're probably going to put it together. You just hope no matter what it is. It's like Russian roulette. Tonight better not be the night that uh, the bullet's in the chamber, and it wasn't for the, these two against the Penguins, which was good news. Well, I don't think the Penguins are going to necessarily desperately need points at the very end of this regular season to get into the playoffs, but it just going. so <laughs> happens that the Sabres are the Penguins' t- uh, opponents the last two games of the year. Well, and as I keep throwing out, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch them after the trade deadline because we made the comparison the other night to the Penguins team in 03-04 that were world burners down the stretch and they played spoiler and they were having a lot of fun playing and the fear is uh uh-oh are the Penguins going to need you know three points to win the division title or something and have to win both of those games and then the Sabres are going to say uh-uh so let's not let's not let them play spoiler too much Echoes of 2015 when the Penguins needed a win in Buffalo to get into the playoffs under Mike Johnston oh and I referenced that game a few weeks ago because it just it was such a tight checking game, and it didn't seem like the Penguins were going to pull through. Uh, the Brandon Sutter scored both goals in the game in a two-one win against uh, Anders uh, Lindback, I think it was. It was in net. So, mm-hmm. yeah, another one of those big, tall Swedish goaltenders. Kasperi uh, Kapanen uh, injured in this five-two win. Weird uh, way to get injured. Clearing attempt. Puck comes wrapping around the boards, up the wall, and hits him right in the ankle. Looked so innocent. He was just standing there kind of waiting for something to happen, and it did, unfortunately. I don't think I've seen a guy do that in a long time where he had to limp off. He actually laid in the runway till he got his bearings, finished the period, and unfortunately didn't come out in the third. The next night, the Sabres played the game without interim coach Don Granato and assistant Matt Ellis because of COVID-19 protocol. GM Kevin Adams went behind the bench. This all happened just moments before the game, too. And uh, he had to do a little press conference beforehand to explain what was going up going on and he got an up close and personal account of why his team was in the throes of a 15 game abyss and meanwhile the penguins had to put somebody new in the lineup because of Kapanen being out and that new person was six foot six Radim Zahorna he made his NHL debut in place of Kapanen 
Matheson is shot from the left point, blocker to side by Tokarski. Comes behind the net for Angelo. In front, looking for Goudreau, can find him. Now Zahorna, drive, he scores! The big man with a big goal, and the first in the NHL for Radim Zahorna. Pittsburgh up 1-0. It was all the Penguins really needed, but for good measure, Jared McCann scored two power play goals, and Jake Gensel added an empty netter. Yeah, empty netters usually aren't a big deal, except that it helped Sid reach another milestone. Back for Olofsson at the left circle, stick checked by Crosby, turned over to Crosby, pushes it forward for Russ, left wing for Gensel for the empty net, he scores! And that assist for Sidney Crosby is 1,300 in the career of the captain as the Penguins take a 4-0 lead. 106 to play, 1,300 career points for Sidney Crosby. Big moment. We'll talk about more on that in just a moment. But uh, also want to mention that uh, another minute six later, Casey DeSmith had a pretty good thing going. It's Yoki Haru off the glass and out to the neutral zone, picked up by Marcus Pedersen. Passes right side for Marino by the scorer's table. He'll blast that one back in. The clock near zero. A back-to-back -back sweep for the Penguins as it's yet another two-point party on Fifth Avenue. 4-0, the final score. A shutout once again for Casey DeSmith. 179 minutes and 52 seconds of a straight goose egg for number one against the Buffalo Sabres. Shutout brilliance for Casey DeSmith. Pathetic futility for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, and I think one man's ceiling is another man's floor, I guess. But uh, the main thing is, uh, Mets, uh, this was a really interesting couple of games because there were a lot of storylines, and it's easy for us to do a show on a, on a week like this. Uh, where do we start? We start with uh, Sid at 1,300. Uh, yeah, that's the huge story, uh, and I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to throw one note at you quickly about the Sabres coaching situation because I know you talked about their GM step behind the bench. Amherst's coach, their AHL team, Seth Appert, actually drove four and a half hours. He coached the uh, Rochester team in the morning and drove to Pittsburgh and was on the bench that night with them. So it was kind of cool that he pulled that off to be there and cleared the protocols and did what he had to do. However, Sidney Crosby reigned on his parade as, as he did everyone else on the Sabres uh, team. What a wonderful story this kid is. I mean, over the course of his career, he's given us so many great memories, and that was another one. And it was just a nondescript kind of play, setting up an empty net goal, but it just was a cherry on top of what he's been doing since Gino's been out of the lineup and for all the heavy lifting he's done all season long. And I've been looking at just his numbers in March specifically. I mean, he has 19 points in 13 games. That's 1.46 points a game in the month. He's 47 shots. He has 29 shots minus Gino in the six games he hasn't played. So Sid's just doing every little thing. And one other interesting stat I saw, he's over 66% winning percentage in the faceoff dot minus Gino in the defensive zone. So his defensive zone faceoffs are up. Sulky, anyone? Yeah, and that's <clears throat> the thing. And I know we talked about that. That XM mentioned it the other day. The Toronto guys starting to say Sid for Selke. Maybe the voters are going to get this in their heads. And he's been great in the defensive zone. He's great in the offensive zone. And if he brings his shooting percentage up with those those shots I just mentioned, he scored on only like six percent of them. If he brings that up, look out NHL because he's shooting a lot, and we love whenever shit, uh, Sid shoots, right? Absolutely. And you know, Mets, uh, um, the Selke used to go to Bob Gainey. I mean, he won several of them, right? Yep. And he was a guy who didn't score a lot. He, you know, he'd get the odd goal. I mean, you know, he could produce, but he, that wasn't his, his gig, you know. Guy Carboneau, another guy who sacrificed offense to check. Uh, but Sid, what people probably don't grasp is that Sid 
is always going against the top players on the other side. And he has to defend against them, too. So, I mean, you know, they're yep. defending him, but he has to defend them. And a lot of times, um, you know, the, the good defensive players will, will actually enjoy going up against the top guys because those top guys will take chances and they'll get opportunities to score. So they kind of like that, you know. But it's kind of a different dynamic for Sid because he's also still has to really concentrate on offense. So it's it's now it's a duality to it. There's there's the defense, but there's also still the offense. It's not like he can just sacrifice offense. He's Sidney Crosby, and we're counting on him to generate offense. And I think his team looks to him for that. He's been doing it. Uh, he's setting up as many as he's scoring out there. And the thing for me, I'm going to implore Mike Sullivan to do one thing if we want Sid to win the Selkie. Use him a little bit more on your PK because I think that's what hurts him. Voters will say, well, he doesn't kill penalties, and he has used him a little bit. But when he's up against Patrice Bergeron or the Anze Kopitars of the world, guys like that, but specifically Bergeron, who seems like he is known to win that award, he uh, is out there killing penalties and doing so at a high level. So if that means Sid uh, doesn't get hurt blocking a shot, I'm okay with it, but I still want him to get that Selkie at some point. Where I'd like to see him kill penalties more is maybe in those games where there's a lot of power plays for the opposition and he's sitting on the bench because he doesn't kill them. Yeah, where it's eaten into his time. You don't know how many penalties are going to be called, but if you get two or three in and now you get a fourth. Yeah, and it's cutting into his time. You want to get him on the ice. Right. Okay, we'll be back. We're going to hear a... A referee saying the wrong thing on a live microphone in just a moment. Penguins Live Weekly continues on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by S&T Bank. Walmart Plus is helping bring you Penguins Overtime. Just like their new membership is working overtime to save you time and money. Join Walmart Plus and score free shipping. No order minimum on every order. Up your shopping game with free next day and two-day shipping on Walmart.com with no order minimum. Order what you want, when you want. Give that order button a workout and never pay for shipping. For all your shipping and delivery needs, join Walmart Plus for the win. Start your 15-day free trial today at Walmart.com slash plus. Excludes oversized freight and marketplace items. Hey Penguins fans, this is Jake Ansel with the Milkshake Factory. You know me for this. And now you'll also know me for this. Every time I do this, you get one of these. Yep, every game I light the lamp, you get half off Jake's Shake the next day at the Milkshake Factory. Jake's Shake is a chocolate shake with brownies, Oreos, and hot fudge, topped with chocolate number 59. And just like all our shakes, it's made with locally sourced farm fresh dairy. Remember, every game I score, half off Jake's Shake's next day. Just mention this offer at checkout. The Milkshake Factory, the official milkshake of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay, Mikey, who gets your S&T star of the game? Well, first off, I'm going to say that working with you is hard work. Oh, okay, I know what you mean. And after all that hard work, I can't wait to retire. So my star goes to the advisors at S&T Wealth Management. So you're going to hang up the headset and go someplace warm? Well, I was thinking more like hunting moose on a Harley in Manitoba. Oh, they got great hockey up there. I know it. Ask for Wealth Management at 800-325-2265. Hi Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Tristan Jari. You may know me to make big saves on the ice at PPG Paints Arena, but off the ice I make big saves as well by trusting the walls in my home to PPG Paints. PPG Ultra Last is engineered to save your walls by repelling the most difficult stains and by resisting unsightly scuffs, even from hockey pucks. If you want to keep your walls looking clean and fresh, choose PPG Ultra Last, a hometown Pittsburgh brand you can count on. PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
Some chefs have a secret ingredient. Well, we found the perfect secret ingredient, 7-Up. That's right, 7-Up has just the right balance of bubbles and flavor. That's why you can do a lot with it, like 7-Up pancakes, cupcakes, guacamole, carnitas, and do not forget the cocktails. You can make 7-Up whiskey, sangria, margaritas, and much more. Go to 7-Up.com to find more recipes. Visit your nearest local retailer and pick up a 7-Up 20-ounce bottle. 7-Up is the official soda sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Do more with 7-Up. Please drink responsible. 7-Up is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up Incorporated. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a f***ing penalty against Nashville early in the... It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a f***ing penalty against Nashville early in the... It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a f***ing penalty against Nashville early in the... Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Shh. <laughs> Shut it. Ixnay <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on the I wanted to get one A. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile that loop is going around in his head right now because he's out of work he was going to retire anyway tim well, peel the referee don't you think that played into it a little it's a lot easier to just can a guy a month before he planned to retire anyway like hey you're the sacrificial lamb for something we know we all do but tim you okay we'll still pay you that last month they didn't say that but uh it's what made me think you know it's like it, he made himself an easy mark he did and he's still being paid he is till the end but he's not doing any more games and uh well, <clears throat> what do you think? I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It's not uh, it's not something we were shocked by, but uh, just to hear it verbalized. So the question is, does it change anything? You know, I mean, like because he was caught doing it, and the league had to talk about the integrity of the game and so on in its statement. Will there be a change in the culture of how referees view their jobs and the way they call games? I don't think so. I think that they'll make a big show of saying there's going to be a change, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's there's still human nature that comes into play. Short of having robots officiate the games, I mean, I don't know how you eliminate it. I feel like for years, this is what we've seen go on. Um, and, at, you know, you have these games where it's a five to one ratio in terms of penalties on one team and the other. And then suddenly, you know, in the third period, the team that had one suddenly going to get the late power play if they're down two to one. It's just are they looking for something? Yeah, probably just because they know they're under a magnifying glass and somebody's going to be critical. I don't know that it's going to change anything for sure. Um, just because of what we said, I mean, it's human nature stag. So, I mean, do you, do you feel like it's going to make an impact? I feel like they're going to make a big show of it and they're going to say, we're looking at this, but I, I think it's, it's not even like it's a systemic problem. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's human nature. There's uh, the old bingo balls phrase that Bob Air used to use on our telecasts all the time. You're getting out the bingo balls, meaning, you know, we're, he's going to even it up. Yep. Um, it's just kind of what they do. And here's Colby Armstrong kind of expanding on that concept. Well, everyone knows that, that these things happen, right? Like, if the Penguins take three penalties early, you know that they're likely to get a couple later. Um, and, you know, that's just that's the way it, it works out in hockey. And I think fans kind of expect that as well. And, I know as a player, Staggy, on the ice, you know, you're yelling at the ref, you owe us one, you owe us one, when when nothing has happened except for you guys, uh, us taking penalties. Um, so it's kind of a, it's interesting because on the ice of the dialogue that happens between players and the refs, the temperature of games, the bartering to get to that line with officials and the officials warning players when they're getting too close to the line. It's like in a game, Staggy, when I'm standing in front of the net, let's just say, 
and a defenseman kept, keeps cross-checking me, cross-checking me really hard on me. And he's saying, hey, 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 you know, tone it down, tone it down. I'm going to get you. There's warnings going on here. You know, and then later on in the game, a penalty like that does happen. Everyone goes, well, that happened 15 times during the game. But during the game, it's, it's, it's so interesting, the conversations that go on, because I know myself personally was caught into those. And, you know, I, I think that's why, because it's something that's, you know, ex- expected. It's something that's talked about amongst hockey fans and, you know, with their teams. Um, and so to hear it, I think that's what, you know, finally, like, obviously we can't have this in our game. And, you know, I think they're going to look long and hard at, you know, the way things are, are kind of done. And I think the word is managing the game. One more sucker punch, Char, and I'm taking you off the ice. You know, <laughs> no more eye gouging. Can, can you dumb it down to this to, to make it relatable to people's tag? I mean, you know, maybe it's. Say I'm speeding down 79 in Pittsburgh, and I get pulled over, and the trooper says, well, you were, I'm going to let you go this time. And then I'm coming home, and I pass the same trooper, and I'm going even faster, and he pulls me over, and this time he gives me the ticket. I'm like, but you let me go earlier. <laughs> so it's like maybe maybe like the, the warnings come into play, and Colby makes that great point. That's kind of, we see that happening sometimes, because even on, Penguins have done a great job with like in the room, where they are mic'd up on the ice, and NBC does this sometimes, where you catch the official kind of telling guys, you know, break it up, fellas. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail you for this if you don't get it together. We want a clean hockey game. And the next thing you know, it gets even more unruly, and then they have to start controlling it. So maybe they should stop with the warnings, and then we don't even have this situation. Just call the rule book as it is. That's the biggest thing that everyone keeps saying. Right. Call it as it is, and then mm-hmm. you don't have the problem, maybe. And then that, if you did that, you might end up with 15 power plays on each side. But here's the thing. But players do adjust. But I want to make one more point. Tim Peel didn't need to, you know, reach for a penalty. Yep. Something was going to happen yep. that was going to even it up. There was only one penalty called in the first period against the the opposition, the Red Wings. So, you know, why are you, you know, searching for a penalty to call right now? Just wait, you know, wait another five minutes. You know, something else is going to come along that's going to give you a good opportunity to call a penalty. I guarantee you that. You don't have to call one that doesn't exist. So that was kind of dumb. I mean, it really was. Oh, yeah. It, it's That's the thing. I mean, to come right out and say that that's what you were doing isn't a good look. You know, it, it, it made it so much worse because he's saying, like, oh, I had, to, I, had to, I had to get something on them. I was looking for something. And I'm trying to find, just to give a couple uh, people context here, Stag, our buddy Josh Yoey ended up putting out a couple of tweets of stories he's heard over the years of officials doing these kinds of things. Um and now I can't find it, of course. I'll pull it up. But one of them was that uh, there was a game in which Mario was pulled down on a breakaway, and he didn't get a penalty. And the referee told some reporters later, well, I had a perfect game going on, and I didn't want to risk the perfect game because he was not going to call a penalty in the whole game. So oh, I'm no, sure— no, I, Believe yeah, me, I remember yeah, it well. It was, and that uh, didn't I, I resonate could, well with Mario, you know? No, and, I, I couldn't believe what they were saying it. Okay, I was there when they did that. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it. Actually, I did believe it. I said, see, that just proves everything we were saying back when Mario was playing. Guy was draped all over him, and he didn't call the penalty because he wanted to keep uh, the game intact with no penalties being called. So you know, and that, I didn't even know that was a thing. That, like, no, you would, I didn't either. No hitters, the term they used. Yeah, and it's like, why would you care that much? I mean, it's just like your job is to call penalties and, and call the rule book, right? And suddenly, they they didn't. He's looking for the perfect game. I mean, I didn't have to work tonight. It was great. I just skated up and down all night, dropped the puck a few times. 
Horrible. I, I couldn't believe my ears. But then again, I couldn't believe my eyes when it was happening, when it was happening, when Mario was playing the game. Okay, so let's move on to another topic here. And uh, on Wednesday night, we got word that Bob Plager had been killed that day in a car accident in St. Louis. He and his brother, Barkley, and they had another brother, Billy. They were part of the fabric of the St. Louis Blues and also part of the fabric of the great rivalry between the Penguins and the Blues in 69-70 and going forward from there. I was there the night that they, uh, rather than helping pick up the garbage that the fans threw on the ice when there was a brawl, they tipped over the garbage cans and started spreading the garbage back <laughs> around the ice, and the fans went crazy, and it was so great. And then Clarence Campbell called them. It's like a slap shot. <laughs> yeah, it was. And Clarence Campbell called them on the carpet, and uh, Barkley apparently said to Clarence Campbell, Mr. Mr. Campbell, every building we go to is sold out. You know, and and that was true. They were they were really entertaining, and they were competitive players and fighters and defenders, and they were really good defensemen. And uh, uh, you know, they made going to Penguins games really exciting. When you went to games against the St. Louis Blues, you knew the Plaguers were going to act up. But here's Bob talking about how much he revered his older brother Barkley. Well, we t- we heard that earlier, but also here he is talking about uh, how special it was to finally, after all the years he's been associated with the St. Louis Blues, to see them win the Stanley Cup. Well, it's un- unreal. You know, I had three chances, didn't make it, but tonight makes up for it all, and whatever happened before, this night makes up for it. Not just for me, as I told you before. St. Louis, their fans, our players, our owners. I mean, I don't know what to say. It was, uh, it was very tough on me, this series, walking around, but I wanted it so bad, so bad. Yeah, he apparently walked around the concourse area. Bence, he couldn't watch. It was it was too too uh, too nerve wrenching for him, for him yeah. to to watch the Blues win. But uh, that's how much uh, he was associated with that that team. And uh, one of the things that has always struck me when I went to St. Louis was that it's a lot like Pittsburgh. Uh, I would go there, and and you could just feel that uh, the Blues had a special place in the hearts of their fans there. And going all the way back to when Scotty Bowman was coaching their team. And by the way, Scotty used to ride with. Bob Plager in the car with him. Hmm. He commented, put your seatbelt on. Why aren't you wearing your seatbelt? Wear your seatbelt. He used to tell him all the time. He conveyed that to uh, Pierre Maguire this week when Pierre talked to him. He took it pretty hard in losing Bob Plager. It was one of his players back then. Yeah. Scotty was the coach of the Blues when those rivalries occurred between the Penguins and the Blues. So, uh, And Barkley was, uh, you know, he died young <clears throat> at the age of 46 uh, from a brain tumor. So, uh Bob Plager dies in a car accident, and it's just one of those stories again in hockey that we uh, occasionally hear about. A lot of times uh, the Penguins tend to be associated with yep. those kinds of stories, and uh, but it happens in other markets too. It, it's just uh, a very sad situation. He seems like he was revered there, and uh, obviously the stories you, you've just talked about, and I read a lot of things this week, just people reminiscing about the joy of watching them play. I think that's kind of a neat thing that he got to see that Stanley Cup victory and got to enjoy that as, as something he didn't maybe experience as a player after, um, you know, putting in all that time and being such a competitive guy. So uh, it, it's heartbreaking when you think about it that he dies in that fashion. And I guess to the seatbelt comment, it's just better that it was a cardiac incident and not something that okay he didn't ha- he wasn't strapped in and that hurt him and also that nobody else was hurt. I know he hit another car in the situation and they were uninjured. So it was a, there was a van involved. His car veered across traffic, hit the van, hit the median, and then bounced back Horrifying. to the middle is what they said. And I guess he, he was just uh, pronounced that at the hospital. So very, very sad to, to see that happen. And 
Your your point about the Blues is well made, though. I think that, that that team is very much embraced in the city there, and you can see that just from their celebrity fans, too. I mean, you have John Hamm from Mad Men and the big Hollywood actor. He was there right alongside supporting that team, and you don't see a lot of Hollywood people showing back up in St. Louis to watch an NHL hockey team. You know, you see them in California a lot doing it, but John Hamm was right there every step of the way. It's kind of neat to see celebrities from that city going back and saying, I just love the Blues, and I have to be here for it. And you heard Bob Plager say this was the third time. I mean, when, you know, I didn't get a chance to do it because they, you know, he had a few opportunities yep. with the Blues back in the days when it's the expansion team yep. that, that won the, the West Division they were great, huh? would play the established team. So he played against the Canadians and the Bruins at the Stanley Cup Final. But you knew the Blues had no chance to win back then. But he was so happy to see them finally win. And uh, by the way, just before we take a break, uh, my first experience with Bob Plager in person was in Johnstown in 7980 when I was doing games for the Johnstown Red Wings in the Eastern Hockey League. He came in to scout. And after the game, we went and had a few beers, and, and uh, he told great stories. And that's when I really realized how cool Bob Plager really was. So I have a special place in my heart for him because he was one of the first – Guys that I saw play in the NHL, who I also got to meet, you know, as a pro announcer. And, back and he was cool. He wasn't a jerk either. Well, he was totally cool. Everybody loved him. He's a great ambassador for the game. You'll never hear anybody say anything but wonderful things about Bob Plager. We'll take a break and be back with Chris King, the voice of the New York Islanders, to talk about that series coming up for the Penguins. Penguins Live Weekly continues on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by ST Bank. Pittsburgh's biggest discounts for Pittsburgh's biggest hockey fans. Shop JimShorkey.com. Score big on over 3,000 vehicles featuring the hottest new models from Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Ford, Kia, Mitsubishi, Fiat, Alfa Romeo, and now Chevrolet. The time to trade in and trade up is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsor of the Pittsburgh Penguins and equally committed to giving our fans a great experience. Shop JimShorkey.com. Hey, I'm Jordan, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A new Grilled Spicy Deluxe is that cilantro lime sauce that goes on it. That's just an extra kick, a flavor explosion. Chick-fil-A's Grilled Spicy Deluxe Sandwich, available for a limited time only. Real guests paid for their testimonial. Pennsylvanians are creating their own soundtrack thanks to PA Lottery Scratch-Off's Excitement's Back. Pennies, nickels, dimes, or quarters, no matter your choice, Scratch-In's always in order. With big top prizes and second chance drawings, thrills await. They're out there calling if it's excitement you seek and you're looking for action, play the PA Lottery. And keep on scratching. Must be 18 or older. Please play responsibly. Benefits older Pennsylvanians every day. I'm attorney Edgar Snyder. I'm a die-hard black and gold fan, and I never like to hear that our athletes are injured. At Edgar Snyder & Associates, we know how serious injuries can be. They can keep you out of the game. Or if you're an accident victim, injuries can sideline you from your life. At Edgar Snyder & Associates, we help get you off the sidelines and back in the game. For a free consultation, call one 800 9 for edgar or visit edgarsnyder.com. And remember, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Hey, Pence fans, this is Josh Getzoff. Hockey is back. As the official security partner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Vector Security understands that the best defense starts at the front door. And there's no better way to know who's at your front door than with a smart video doorbell camera. View live and recorded video clips and talk with your visitors all from the Vector Security app on your smartphone. Don't miss a second of the action. Call 844-2-VECTOR or visit vectorsecurity.com slash smartpens for this exclusive offer. 
Hey fans, the official ice cream cake of the Penguins is at Dairy Queen. Enjoy creamy vanilla and chocolate DQ soft serve separated with a layer of fudge and crunch. Stop into your local DQ or order online at DQcakes.com. DQ, happy tastes good. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. He's on our payroll now. His name is Chris King. He's uh, the radio voice of the New York Islanders. We've had him on about, well, almost every game that we've played the Islanders this year, which is a lot. And uh, we're going to be playing him again a couple of games. So we got Kinger again on the line from Long Island. And, uh, hey, Chris, uh, good morning. Thanks a lot for being with us. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys, and uh, keep the checks coming. I'm loving this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you were going to volunteer for somebody, it probably wouldn't be the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? The checks are... <laughs> <laughs> The checks you are probably paying for it. I'll talk to you all day long. Right? I hope the checks are bigger than the ones I get from doing that movie Sudden Death. I get like checks for a dollar and seventy four cents in the mail. I'm not kidding. That's not, that's that's what I get. It's yeah, but that's the only way you can see the igloo these days. It's so classic, right? Oh, yeah. I missed the building. It is great stuff. Uh, Brian Metzer is here with us, obviously, Chris, and um, you know, here we go again. And the Islanders just keep on rolling along, even without Anders Lee. It's been an incredible run, and that's the best point, I think, Staggy, is that you know, you're missing your captain, your leader, your leading goal scorer, a 40-goal guy a couple of years back, and uh, you know, somehow they find a way, so they've kind of been patchworking it together. But you know, as we speak, they've won three straight and 12 of the last 14 and have points in 23 of the last 27. So um, it's an, been an incredible run, and to do it without the captain, I know the Pens obviously have their issues with so many forwards being out. So you know, coaches always preach it's time for somebody to step up, and I think for both teams, you know, certainly players have. Hey, Chris, uh, when you look at the standings, I know this is what I've been going through. I keep seeing the Pens find ways to continue to pick up points. And, okay, they're in pretty good shape. They've won seven of their last ten. And I keep looking forward and seeing, well, the Caps have nine wins in their last ten. The Islanders have eight wins in their last ten. And I feel like those have been the numbers for at least three weeks now. uh, What's the feeling up there? Is that what you guys are going through, too, just kind of following this whole thing play out? It's the same thing, Brian. Exactly right. Washington, I have them at like 13 wins in the last 15. Islanders, 12 wins in the last 14. As you said, Penguins have, you know, a nice little run of 9-2-1 and one in the last dozen games. And then everybody kind of trails off after that, especially Boston. I mean, Boston was at the top of the division. Yep. They only have six wins in the last 16 games now, though. So the, you know what? For the Caps, the Owls, and the Pens, they've created that little bit of separation now. You know, Pittsburgh is already seven points clear of Boston, and the Pens know being, you know, four points back of the Islanders with back-to-back games against New York, same amount of games played, too. If they can win both of those games, which they did in Pittsburgh against the Islanders earlier this year, they can pull even with the Isles. So it's a monster series for Pittsburgh. But I think, Brian, for all three teams, just to get that separation, you're always looking for that separation. And right now the top three have really separated themselves from the three that follow right now in Boston, the Rangers, and Philadelphia. We often like to point, Chris, at the Sabres and how they're, uh, you know, the points are growing on trees up there in Buffalo for the teams that play them. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Penguins have eight now, uh, eight out of eight. You guys have 12 out of 12, if I'm not mistaken. And the Capitals have, I think, 11 or, or 12. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where the good teams are, are taking care of business against the ones at the bottom. But what I think is also interesting is that the Penguins actually have the edge on the Islanders point-wise in the season series so far. So uh, they've, they've done a pretty good job, I think, head-to-head against the Islanders and the Caps for that matter. 
Yeah, Pens have won, you know, four of the six, although the Islanders did get points in two of those losses. Pens had an overtime win, had a shootout win, so technically Steige the Owls 2-2-2 two, two, and two against Pittsburgh. But, yeah, from the Pittsburgh side, you know, they're looking at 4-2, and two, and as I mentioned, both wins at home came in regulation, so they know if they can repeat that, you know, they're going to pull even with the Islanders in the standings. But you're right, you've got you've to take care of the bottom feeders, and, you know, certainly everybody's beating up on Buffalo right now, and uh, I know Boston has them today in a 1 o'clock matinee, and the Sabres are winless in 16, so... Uh, you don't have any idea if and when that streak is ever going to end, so it looks like the Bruins will creep a little closer to the pack today. But, uh, yeah, for the Islanders, I would say, uh, you know, the Pens are one team they've had issues with. Again, only two wins in the six games, and they haven't beat the Caps all year. The Caps are the only team, Washington uh, is the only team the Islanders haven't defeated all season. They're 0-3 against the team that they're tied with right now atop the division. Uh, Kinger, we've been kind of looking at it globally here. I wanted to ask you about an individual on the Islanders, Oliver Wallstrom. Seems like he's really emerging finally. He was, you know, highly thought of in the organization. He has five goals in his last seven. Just talk about his emergence this year finally, and I think that's probably a big thing that's going into offsetting the loss of a guy like Anders Lee. Yeah, it's a great point, Brian, and he has been so much fun to watch of late. Uh, I mean, uh, you guys will watch him tonight, and, and the puck just explodes off his stick. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, it's on his stick, and it's in the back of the net uh, before you even see the release. So he's just got something like that that you just can't teach, um, and he's finally found his rhythm. Uh, when he first came up to the NHL, you know, he really struggled. He only had two points in his first 19 games in the NHL. He now has 14 points in his last 17 games, and he's been the hottest scorer for the Islanders of late. Uh, you know, he's got five goals in his last seven games, a five-game point streak, and you're talking about a 20-year-old kid. Yep. You know, who a lot wasn't expected. They were just hoping he could, you know, find a role. And right now, his line has been the best line with J.G. Pajot in the middle and Anthony Beauvillier, who's been red hot on the left. So, uh, Wallstrom's been a real find. And again, he's just so much fun to watch because every time he kind of loads that gun, uh, one of the names that's been brought up in comparison to the release is Phil Kessel. So, I mean, you guys know all about that. So, uh, no doubt. That, that's the kind of release that this guy has. And at just 20, it's scary, at, you know, how much his upside is right now. I call him Ollie Wally. <laughs> You guys should call him Ollie Wally. I think that's a good Wally nickname. is his nickname, though. That is yeah. his nickname. Yeah, but, but so we've been going with Wally and Wally World. And, and for your <laughs> listeners, if no one's seen it, I just have to bring this up. You have to go to YouTube and type in Oliver Wallstrom, nine-year-old goal. Okay, He was nine years old <laughs> at TD Garden in Boston, and he did the showdown uh, you know, breakaway where he comes in at nine years old, picks the puck up on his stick blade, waist high, does a full 360, and whips it into the upper left corner of the net at nine years old. It's been viewed 7 million times on YouTube, so Holy. if your listeners haven't had a chance to, to look at it, go look at the Oliver Wallstrom goal at age 9, and you can see, yeah, he's been doing things like this for quite a while, even though he's only 20. Mm, Wally World. So we'll be entering Wally World in the next yes, two games. Yes, that's it, Wally World. And before you go, just last one comment from you, Chris. Uh, here come the Rangers, it appears. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought, right? But, you know, they've, oh my goodness, they just own Philadelphia. You know, they've outscored them, what, 17 to 3 in the last two meetings, and they get them again today at 1 o'clock. So uh, suddenly, you know, look, they're tied with the Flyers in the standings. Rangers actually have the more regulation wins. And, you know, if Boston somehow loses to Buffalo today, the Rangers could be just one point back of the Bruins for that final playoff spot. And, uh, you know, with the Islanders near the top of the division tied with Washington right now, an Islander-Ranger playoff series would certainly be a wonderful thing for this area. So it's not out of the realm of possibility with, uh, as well as the Rangers have been playing lately. And it just seems like the more Philadelphia is on the Rangers' schedule, the better it is for the Blue Shirts. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to uh, talking to you again, I'm sure. Uh, always so informative, and uh, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. Oh, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Staggy. Keep those checks coming. I'm going to the bank right now. <laughs>
Okay, you can get yourself a cup of coffee, maybe. <laughs> hey, if if Staggy, uh, if you use Staggy's nickname though, he'll be getting a couple more of those tiny residual checks from you guys. <laughs> Ollie Wally, right Ollie Wally in free. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. Take Chris. care. Appreciate it. See you guys. Bye. All right, and by the way, we just looked at that video that Chris was talking about. Mets picked it up, and that should be on every telecast every time the Penguins play the Islanders. That's unbelievable. And then I think what was almost more impressive is when he essentially it's a lacrosse goal and scoring the rat or the 360, but then he has another clip in the same video where he's carrying the puck down the ice kind of lacrosse style and he fires it into the net. So I, I know they've thought of this kid highly for a long time, Stag. That 2015 draft is where they got him and Noah Dobson, both guys paying dividends for them finally. And I guess the bad news for the Penguins is Dobson was on the COVID shelf for a little while, and now he recently rejoined the lineup. So they'll have to face him and Oliver Wallstrom as young guns in that lineup this evening. That's two series in a row where the Penguins are facing a really good Swedish hockey player on the wing who could score goals. I think that Victor Olofsson's another one. I really, really like him for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, and uh, the what I was going to point out when he said about Phil Kessel is he came through the USA program, though. He's, uh, uh, you know, doing that and doing the same thing that Phil Kessel did. It's interesting that he has that pedigree with uh, the upside and uh, scoring goals. I mean, coming out of that Boston market and uh, playing hockey there as a kid, uh, that's kind of a neat thing. It's very similar So story. where was he born then? In Massachusetts. Oh, so I got him wrong then. He's not Swedish. He yeah. just has a Swedish name. Yeah. But, but I a- wonder what his background is. It would be interesting to know. Yeah, and I don't know like who his, who his family was or anything. But, yeah, he's from Quincy, Mass. Oh, okay, so I, I messed that one up. But, anyway, I liked his last name. It was a good story until you told me the real facts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the real facts. But you know what? I was like, you know, I'm thinking here, we just let that ride, man. People, they, they look at this Swedish I, kid. I assumed he was a Swede. I really did. I mean, you know. Honestly, they may have Swedish blood. But you know what happens like when that, you assume. You don't get a name like Wallstrom when you don't have a little Nordic blood flowing through your veins, right? Absolutely. Hey, listen, uh, great show, Matt's uh, Scandinavian all, blood. fun. Glad to have it. you here to make sure that we do the fact checks on my <laughs> uh, ridiculous <laughs> assumptions. And uh, we look forward to being with you again next week. I, it's hard to imagine next week's show being as chock full of interesting little storylines, but we'll certainly try to find them for you. And uh, we look forward to also bringing you these games this weekend with the Islanders. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this, and the Penguins hopefully are going to use this as a road to maybe a division title. Let's see it happen. We'll be on the air tonight with a pregame show at 6 or 6.30, depending on which network station you're on, and we look forward to bringing you the games this weekend. For Brian Metzer and Wayne Gretzky-Anderson, I'm Paul Steigerwald. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by ST Bank. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 in PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at purgatorybar.com. Hi, Pittsburgh Penguins fans. This is Tristan Jari. You may know me to make big saves on the ice at PPG Paints Arena, but off the ice, I make big saves as well by trusting the walls in my home to PPG Paints. PPG Ultra Last is engineered to save your walls by repelling the most difficult stains and by resisting unsightly scuffs, even from hockey pucks. If you want to keep your walls looking clean and fresh, choose PPG Ultra Last, a hometown Pittsburgh brand you can count on. PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hey, Penguins fans, put some flavor in your season with Snapple. Here at Snapple, we are serious about flavor. 
Snapple's got tasty tea and real fruit flavors all mixed to perfection. So try some of our favorite flavors, including peach tea, diet peach tea, or Snapple apple tea at your local retailer. Snapple is the official tea and juice sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Put some flavor in your break. Make time for Snapple. UPMC has you covered when you need to see your doctor. UPMC video visits allow you to have a video appointment with many of our primary care providers and specialists without having to leave home. There's no need to cancel an existing appointment and no reason to wait to schedule a new one. Plus, UPMC is here for you with urgent care video options. It's easy, convenient, and all from the comfort of home. To learn more, talk with your doctor today. Covestro is a leading producer of high-tech materials which are transformed into sustainable solutions. Its products are used to make cars lighter, buildings more energy efficient, and hockey safer. As the official innovation partner of the Penguins, Covestro is bringing its materials expertise to help rethink the rink. This unique collaboration is in its fourth year of game-changing innovation. From dasher boards to player equipment, Rethink the Rink explores every aspect of hockey for material solutions that impact safety without impacting the game. More information at covestro.us slash innovation scores.